Hello and welcome to Right to the Point, a podcast featuring honest conversation and biblical solutions to America's cultural challenges. Hi, I'm Tim Throckmorton of LifePoint Ministries. To learn more about LifePoint and to access past episodes of Right to the Point podcast, Right to the Point commentary, and if you'd like to support the podcast, please visit lifepointusa.org. We're so glad you've joined us today in this episode. I'm honored to welcome my friend, Congressman Jody Heiss. Jody serves as Senior Advisor to the President at the Family Research Council. Previously, he served as the representative of Georgia's 10th Congressional District for eight years, born in Atlanta, raised in Tucker, Georgia. He earned a bachelor's degree from Asbury College, a master's of divinity from Southwest Biblical Theological Seminary, and a doctor of ministry from Luther Rice Seminary. He served as pastor in Texas and in Georgia for 25 years and hosted the Jody High Show, a conservative talk show program for 11 years, reaching over 400 stations. He and his wife, Dee Dee, have been married since 1983, have two daughters and four grandchildren. And I want to welcome to the show, Jody Heiss. Jody, I'm so glad you're along with me today. God bless you for taking the time. Great to be with you. Thank you so much. Well, the four grandchildren in the introduction, uh, that kind of tells us a lot about why we do what we do, my friend. And uh, what I want to talk to you today about is something that you and I have talked about for a number of years, and it's why I think that you're at the Family Research Council as well. Uh, the future of America and the role that faith plays in the the success of what happens down the road as we uh, are stewards of this great freedom God's entrusted to us. Well, that's right, Tim. And, you know, I've had the distinct honor and privilege in my life, both to serve as a pastor and also to serve as a U.S. congressman. And I can tell you, after being eight years, spending eight years in Congress, I can tell you without any reservation or hesitation at all that we cannot fix the issues that are taking place in our country simply by passing another piece of legislation or throwing more money at, at, whatever, at whatever problem we're dealing with. It's a, it all, at the end of the day, is a spiritual issue. And so the role of faith is absolutely essential now more than ever in our country. And I'm extremely honored and privileged, like you, to be associated with Family Research Council and, and to join with others who understand that we've got to approach these issues from a spiritual and biblical perspective, not just from a political perspective. I, I know that in 1983, when Dr. Dobson and some other choice folks had the vision for the Family Research Council, they I don't think they could have envisioned the culture we find ourselves in today with such biblical, historical, and civic illiteracy. It's it, at some level just like starting over teaching some of the basics, but the church can play a pivotal role, don't you believe? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, and and it, it's it's a, a point where we're just watching depravity run rampant right now. Uh, we are uh, not only experiencing things that none of us could have imagined, say back in eighty three or ninety three or even two thousand and three. We're dealing with issues now that are totally upside down. Who would ever have imagined that we are incapable of even defining what a woman is? 
who would imagine we would let men participate in women's sports and to uh, share showers and all this kind of stuff, not to mention all the other things, the battle for life and marriage and these other things that we've been dealing with for a long time. But you know, when it comes to the church, I, I basically say that we are in this position nationally because the church largely has been silent for so long. And as a result, therein is the problem. Now, therein also is the solution. Like you said, we are the church, the body of Christ. We are both the problem and the solution. And so, you know, I, I encourage people who are committed believers to understand the times in which we're living and to engage this thing from a spiritual perspective. And let's see what God can do to turn a nation around. There are still thousands upon thousands of pastors in America that don't see the need to engage, or they're they're timid, they're intimidated, they're afraid to to speak out on biblical issues. But I, I'm seeing more and more, and I know you are as well, where the members of the churches, they're wanting to do something. They, It's a truly a great day to lead on these issues, and the Bible is the Bible speaks to every one of these issues, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely it does. And yeah, we are watching people wanting to be engaged. And, you know, I, Tim, the, the thing that, that hits me, strikes me with all of this, we, as the body of Christ— uh, we recognize that we are supposed to be involved in our families. We understand that we're supposed to be involved in the church. But when it comes to political and cultural involvement, a lot of people back away and they've swallowed this erroneous pill of separation of church and state. But it's uh, something we need to recall that God instituted three different uh, areas and this is God institution instituted, not man-made. He instituted the family, he instituted the church, and he instituted government. That is a God-made thing. It is not man-made. And so as Christians, we are absolutely supposed to be salt and light, regardless of wherever we live in the entire world, wherever we may be. As Christians, we're called to be salt and light. But for those of us here in America, we not only have a biblical mandate to be salt and light, but we live in a country, the entire political structure of which does not work without involvement of the people. It is we, the people in this country, who have the voice. So, so we have in this country both a biblical mandate and we have a political structure that doesn't work unless we're involved. So we have just these two huge uh, sails, if you will, with wind to our back saying, get involved, be salt and light as a biblical mandate, but also from our constitutional structure we have, get involved because our system here in America doesn't work without involvement of the people. You know, as I hear folks that speak, uh, it's really sad. They're they're depressed. They're depressed. Many are about the future of America. They are concerned about the future of America. But you and I both know when the church engages and when godly 
folks lead and and good leaders lead, it can make a difference really quickly. And, and it can change not only the, some of the issues in, in government, it's going to take years, but still things can change. If, if we lived in some other nation, we lived in China or Venezuela, it'd be hopeless. But here there's hope because if we engage and if we put the right fuel in the engine, it can run, as you said, uh, it can make a difference. Absolutely, it can. And that's why it's so important. You know, one of the greatest opportunities, responsibilities, uh, duties that we have as Americans is to vote and to be involved. And, you know, Christians strongly need to be leading the way in this country of standing up and supporting candidates who have a biblical worldview uh, to support them in every way that we possibly can. Because, yeah, I mean, Scripture is very clear that when the righteous rule uh, there's blessings for the entire country. But when the wicked rule, uh, there's uh, uh, tears and heartache and suffering that comes with it. So, you know, we have an incredible opportunity before us, an incredible uh, distinction from every other country in the world, literally, that we have the opportunity to determine who is going to represent us in this country. And we need to take full advantage of that, make sure everyone around us is registered to vote, and everyone around us actually gets out and lets their voices be known at the ballot box. Now, you said something in Washington a few months ago, last time I saw you in person, that really stuck with me. You said, who wins the spiritual battle wins the cultural battle. And I I remember uh, Rob McCoy said a while back, it was at a CNP meeting, I think, you know, the church, we pull people out of the stream or out of the river that's dragging them down through culture, but we need to be upstream stopping them from falling in. Uh, and so, you know, the church, the church can affect uh, cultural change just by being the church. Well, that's right. And it, it all comes by, by uh, spiritual means. I mean, we all look with tremendous encouragement at what's just recently happened on the campus of Asbury university in Wilmore, Kentucky, how that has spread to different uh campuses, not only in America, but literally around the world right now. And, you know, there, there's, I actually, my wife and I went to Asbury. And so we understand both that university and the, the community extremely well. And it's a very small community, uh, but they literally have, have rocked the nation by spiritual terms. And I remember Dennis Kinlaw years ago about the 1970 Asbury Revival, wrote a little book entitled One Divine Moment, uh, in which he basically said, God can accomplish more in one divine moment when he steps in than we could ever accomplish in a lifetime of our efforts. And so, you know, we have churches by the thousands and thousands all across this country who believe in prayer, who believe that God can make a difference. And we believe in Second Chronicles seven fourteen that that the spiritual climate of our country rests upon the spiritual health and well being of the body of Christ, and so we have the responsibility and the opportunity to lead the way in asking God to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves, and and that includes stopping horrible things upstream, uh, but all of that is a result of spiritual engagement, intervention, if you will, by uh, the Lord. And that's desperately what we need now more than ever. Well, to, to follow up on that thought, 
when pastors speak on issues or just talk about registering and voting, uh, it something happens. If they say nothing, nothing happens. But if they say something, usually uh, that that ticks up within the church. Something else that I, I think you'll agree with is that as pastors talk about our duty as Christians to engage civically, some of their folks, the many people they influence, think about running for office, and they do run for office at every level. Now you. you you're 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 that you're that one I talk about from time to time. They say, "Well, a pastor shouldn't do this or that or the other." I'll say, "I know a guy who pastored for a long time and now serves in Congress, or now did serve in Congress." To those who God may be speaking to, raising up, or who God can use to influence others to get involved. Well, what would you say as as a pastor? You're always going to be a pastor, by the way. Uh, so what would you say to those folks? Because a lot of pastors will dial in on this podcast. What would you say to them? Yeah, absolutely. Listen, pastors need to step up to the plate themselves uh, and engage. And if, if nothing else, need certainly pray and lead their congregation to be praying for our country, for for uh, leaders, uh, but they also need to engage more locally by helping individuals get elected who are going to stand for the right things. There are some pastors who need to run for office. Uh, I, I was not the only one. There, there are a couple of uh, Tim Wahlberg, a pastor from Michigan. He is now serving in Congress. There's a couple of pastors who have stepped up to the plate and have uh, been able to be elected to a variety of different offices from local positions all the way up to U.S. Congress and, and so forth. But look, we are at a time, it goes back to what I was saying a while ago, Tim, that we we have both a biblical mandate and a, a, a national mandate to engage this. Thing. If we think that we can remain silent and our country improve, that that is absolutely having your head in the sand. If we don't engage the forces of darkness will. They already are. We're watching this. And we need to step up to the plate, encourage people to run. We need to be involved. I mean, look what's happening in our education system right now. Uh, and yet parents showing up at local school board meetings, having an enormous impact. And that happens across the board. It will stun the average person to discover how few people actually show up at school board meetings, city council meetings, county commission meetings, whatever it may be. And it only takes a handful of people to show up and hold our representatives accountable and encourage them to vote way uh, the right way. And we can make an enormous difference just by showing up. Amen. And it's necessary now more than ever. You know, I remember I've heard you and I've heard others speak about the the critical moment. Sometimes, you know, we we gloss over the things we see. We can turn the news off. It doesn't stop things from happening. Uh, this is a critical moment. You, if anyone has a uh, front row seat, uh, an inside baseball perspective, you have that. This is a serious time, and we need to be uh, aware, and we need to be educated, and we need to be engaged, uh, and just kind of speak to the seriousness of the moment from just everything that not just we see in America, but around the world. This is a unique time. It certainly is, Tim, and I couldn't agree with you more with what you just said. You know, we are, I look at this from uh, 
Uh, and to be honest, and I, I don't mean to make anyone depressed, uh, but we're living in a period of time we cannot, in my opinion, turn this thing around without the body of Christ and without divine intervention from the Lord. I mean, you look at what's happening economically. Right now, we are nearly $32 trillion in debt. That is an unfathomable amount of money. We are literally bankrupting our country, ourselves, our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren if we do not get our financial house in order. We are already watching countries that are leaving the dollar for uh, international trade and going to other currencies. If that happens uh, much more broadly, then we will see an economic collapse. We are weak militarily. We have this woke culture entering our military. Um, and we are more concerned about proper pronouns than we are in defending our country. Our borders are wide open. I personally have been to all nine sectors of our southern border. It is unthinkable, the things that are happening on our southern border. And literally millions of people who are coming across our border, we don't know who they are, what their intentions are. We have criminals, we have sex traffickers, we have drug traffickers, uh, we, we've got terrorists, we've got enemies of our state. We have a host of people literally flooding across our country. We are morally upside down from the transgender issues to marriage issues to life issues to even justice no longer being blind, but we are watching our own government now being weaponized against conservatives, going against political opponents who who disagree with the current direction of, of, uh, of some within our government. I mean, you look at every single aspect. We were just a few years ago energy independent. Now we are, are grossly dependent frequently uh, upon our enemies to provide uh, energy. China is becoming a, a huge threat. I mean, when, when you talk about inside baseball, we go on and on and on the different areas in which we are seeing a manifestation of a greater problem, and that is a departure from uh, biblical principles a departure from what's on our currency, in God we trust, a departure from those principles upon which our country was established, and the further we depart from those things, the more issues of great potential destruction are emerging in our very midst. And that is why this is the time for the church to have her finest hour. This is the time for the body of Christ to engage to be salt and light, to infiltrate our families, our communities, our states, and our country, and yes, the entire world, with the gospel of Jesus Christ and with the truth, and to do so lovingly, but with great boldness as a lion. Amen. Well said, well said. You have witnessed, I'm confident, moments in in the United States Congress, where it was that principled leader, you yourself as one, but others who, because of biblical principles, took a stand. And regardless of what would happen to them, they were willing to stand. And that's 
how important it just is that important for the right person to be there. And if and if believers won't fill those seats at school boards and county commissioners and state houses and United States Congress, then others will that don't embrace our biblical worldview. And what? How would you? How would you? Uh, first of all, if you've seen those moments, I'd love to hear you know, those, those champion moments, but how, how should we pray and how should we engage uh, in addition to encouraging our people? What else can we do for those who are serving? Well, yeah, there's, there's plenty of those moments. And thankfully um, I was not alone. You know, I personally uh, went through a lot of fire. Yeah. There's a game in Washington that, that uh, you are expected to come on board fall in line, do as your leadership of your party tells you to do, or there will be consequences. And those consequences range from uh, cutting off your money uh, so for, for re-election campaigns to not having any bills allowed to come on the floor that you want to stand for, a host of punishments, if you will. I was kicked off the Armed Services Committee because I didn't vote and do something the way the leadership wanted me to do. And I worked two years to get on that committee and then was kicked off because I, I didn't go along with leadership. And so, yeah, there's a lot of consequences that, that come with it. But look, again, never are we without hope, Tim. We, we have God who is our refuge, yeah. who is our uh uh, the, the the one who is able to do more than we can ever do. And so we have got to get in line with his will, get in line with, with prayer. And you talk, you ask about prayer. Uh, look, the scripture tells us we need to be praying for our government leaders. Well, we need to start praying for our government leaders. I mean, th this is not rocket science. Yeah. Scripture instructs us to do so. So we need to do so. Uh, we need to engage it. Uh, it starts with our family. We're watching families fall apart in this country. Uh, passing a biblical worldview from one generation to the next has become an enormous problem. Even many, many, many pastors, more than 50% of pastors, don't even share a biblical worldview these days. So, look, we have to get back to the foundations. The foundations that this country was established upon, the foundations upon which the blessings of God our uh, uh, blessings, uh, and we can do that, but it's going to rest on spiritual leadership and spiritually minded people to take the lead. Amen. I, I, I'm going to bring this thing in for a landing. Again, thank you so much for taking the time to, to join me, Jody. This is um, an honor to have you on this podcast. We just launched it this year. It's a part of LifePoint Ministries that uh, is my preaching and teaching ministry. Uh, since I'm not pastoring, I'm still a pastor, so we, we got a lot of work to do. But but working for the Family Research Council, as you and I do, it's a joy every morning to get on a call, and it's it's an honor for me to share this uh, everywhere. That the first thing that the team does, from our president on down to a a guy like me that runs around the field in in America. Um, is is to look at the scriptures and to pray. And where we are in our two-year Bible reading plan in the book of Ezekiel has kind of turned a corner. Um, you know, we, we've just been through those dark 
days of Ezekiel. And now we get a, a glimpse this morning in the reading. And I appreciate it. I always appreciate your voice uh, when you share. But um, we do have great hope because of who we serve. And of all the things we talk about, we can still smile. We can still have hope for our grandchildren's future, knowing that there's a God in heaven who keeps his word. Well, that's right. If there's anyone who ought to be walking around with their head up and their heart filled with hope and joy and peace, uh, it's the children of God. We are never a minority when God is our guide and uh, the one to whom we are walking in the palm of his hand and trusting in. Uh, he, like I said, can do in one divine moment more than we could ever do. So we are never without hope, and, and I don't want anyone ever to lose hope as a child of God. Amen. Amen. Well, Congressman Jody Heiss, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for being my friend. And it's an honor to uh, to serve alongside you and God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. And I hope you get to see the grandkids and spoil them a little bit during the weekend. <laughs> we'll do the best we can at, at both of those. God bless you, Tim. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for your encouragement. Bless you, my friend. All the best. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Right to the Point podcast. To learn more about LifePoint Ministries and access past episodes of the Right to the Point podcast and commentary. And if you'd like to support the podcast, visit LifePointUSA.org. You can also go to FRC.org to learn more about the Family Research Council. And Jody Heiss, we thank him very much for him joining us. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you. And we'll see you next time on a fresh edition of Right to the Point.